0: Brian Windhorst and the Hoop Collective is a podcast where Brian Windhorst and a team of ESPN insiders sort out life in and around the NBA world. Now three times a week, and also available on YouTube. Listen where you're listening to this podcast. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right, I feel like. they're done. Like, we have to accept that Brady and Rodgers. Well, to be honest, they aren't playing badly as far as their skill is concerned. Like, Aaron Rodgers still has the same capability. Tom Brady still has the same capability. At least when I'm watching them play, I don't feel like they stink. Their team stink. And at this age, I don't know that there's much hope for them going forward, but there's a lot of hope, I guess, in Tampa because they're leading their division somehow, (laughs) even though they're three and four. They're number one in the division. It's harder for Rodgers and the NFC, but – well, uh, they're both in the NFC, but it's harder for Rodgers because they're behind the Vikings. But nobody really believes – in like, the Vikings aren't all that good either. I feel like the Vikings' record is much better than – they are. So I don't know. Where do you want to start on this Rodgers-Brady conversation that has to be had? We got to start. We got to start with Brady. We'll get
1: to Rodgers in a bit. And the, the Brady one is particularly interesting to me because their loss to the Panthers, that 21-3 loss to me is one of the most surprising results in a regular season football game I can ever remember. And that's not hyperbole. This is a team that is trading their best players, fired their coach, uh, I i don't want to say actively trying to lose because they're not yeah. actively trying to lose, but they're starting PJ Walker who was in the XFL two years ago and they're getting blown out by everyone. And then they blow the doors off of Tom Brady and the Bucs. And I I, I, I want to toss it back to you a second, but I want to just read out how the Bucks' first nine drives went on Sunday. Punt, 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 halftime, punt, turnover on downs, punt, field goal. <laughs> this is a Tom Brady-led offense.
0: Yeah, I mean, they pretty much shut him out because the field goal seemed like a drop in the bucket. Like, they just did that to get on the scoreboard because I, I I don't know. The field goal doesn't help you that much to me uh, given that they were down 14, I think, at the time. I could be wrong, but either way, they ended up losing 21-3. to uh, Not being able to stop uh, P.J. Walker-led. <sighs> and, yeah, you made the point that they traded away Robbie uh, Anderson, who's one of their best receivers, they traded away McCaffrey, who is probably their most explosive player. It was clear that it seemed like last week, if there was some like we got Matt Rule out of the building, if there was a boost from that, it was a week delayed because they lost last week to the Falcons, who have a fun team, but not a team that anybody thinks is good. Uh, and for I think they're good. Well coached, but we can get, I I digress. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's another conversation. I guess what I think is what I mean is if they were going to have a big win, they could have had it against the Falcons and I wouldn't have been shocked. Right. Having it a week later, I guess Steve Wilkes needed some time to implement his new philosophy and get some malcontents out, but it's probably unfair to not be to be talking about the demise of the bucks more than we're talking about like the sudden surge that the Panthers gave us. But I I mean, the Bucks' demise is more interesting because no one thought the Panthers were worth a damn. And we don't now think that they are. Just I don't understand. They had that big drop at the beginning that kind of felt like it set the tone. And uh, Evans took responsibility for kind of letting everybody down. And now everyone's hanging their shoulders. But that's not enough of a reason. Figure out a way to score. Figure out a way to move the ball. It, and Tom Brady was hitting guys in the chest with the ball that play for the Panthers. It was just an ugly, ugly display from start to finish.
1: So the the thing that I think we're starting to realize and that the Panthers game is the crescendo to this is that there is no easy fix for Tampa Bay. We thought their defense was good enough yeah. to carry them. And we also thought that Gronk was going to be on the way which maybe he will be. Maybe he will be this salve that fixes everything. But I mean, he's not, no, I mean, he's a, he's a great blocker. He's the greatest head end in the history of football, but he's also a diminished player from the guy we saw in the early 2010s when he was like mind blowing. Um, And I, I gotta say the thing that I'm a little bit confused by with Brady, you think he's still playing well, um, but the numbers don't totally bear that out. Uh, You know, 49 attempts yesterday, 290 yards. 5.9 yards per attempt and he didn't complete a pass to a wide receiver for more than 20 yards. He has the lowest yards per attempt since the 2002 season for Brady. And I, what I'm wondering is he still looks like Tom Brady. He still has a beautiful throwing mechanics. He still has control of the pocket. He still has like excellent timing, but I'm wondering, is it possible that he, while he looks the same, there are these like incremental signs of decline that are having massive effects. We see this all the time in other sports when a guy loses a half a step or like his uh, his jump shot slightly off or his bat speed or racket head speed is slightly slower. He's like, you know, he still looks like Roger Federer, but why is he framing forehands?
0: Um I think that's possible. That's not what I see though. And saying that he's playing well, this is a bad week to put that out. The week before that, yeah. I think it was a good analysis of his play. Uh, the reason why I wouldn't say that is it doesn't seem like guys are getting to his passes and breaking them up. It's not like they're late. Mm-hmm. It's not like his timings off uh, or his decisions are poor. It feels like something that you and I both accept to be true is that the quarterback needs a lot of help and yeah. he's not getting help. It's the reason why he I thought he was declining when he was in New England and he left and was like, you know what, I'm fine. I just need to be surrounded by really good players, and then I'll win you a Super Bowl. And right now, he's not. The other thing you forgot or you left out is one of the solutions that we were being told: wait till their receivers get healthy. Yeah, they got healthy. Evans and Godwin were out there, and and it wasn't better.
1: And I love Godwin too. Like Godwin was always coming back from the ACL to hamstring injury early in the season that hampered him. He's an excellent football player, and Mike Evans has been the most consistent receiver in the NFL over the last decade that is weird to to say out loud with how excellent uh, players have been in spurts whether it's Tyreek Hill, uh, Devontae Adams the list goes on and on Cooper Cup now Uh, Evans has been the most consistent look at his numbers since he's been in the league he's a thousand yards every single season and some of those are up in that 1500 yard range he is he is exactly what we think he's going to be but I want to kick this can down the road a tiny bit and I think with Tom Brady, he's 45 years old he's really being judged at this point by team success more than anything. He holds every single important NFL record for for a quarterback and i look at the NFC, the Vikings are 5 and 1, the Eagles are 6 and 0, oh, the Giants are 6 and 1, the Cowboys are 5 and 2, the Seahawks are 4 and 3, then there you have no got the Rams at 3 and 3 and the 49. Well, can you count them out because i think you look at that that list of teams and you'd say no, but i also look at that list of teams. And I think that they are worse than the Eagles. I think they're worse than the Cowboys. I think that they're worse than the 49ers. And I would be not shocked if they're a final four team, but I would be pretty surprised even in a, even in a single elimination playoff, if they made it through those teams, because they are such a flawed football team, even with Tom Brady.
0: All the other teams are flawed too, except for the Eagles, I guess. And the flaw for the Eagles is, we haven't seen their quarterback do it in the playoffs, what he's been doing so far this season. But yeah, I I find it really hard to imagine uh the Bucks making some big run. But I guess let's write them off. Let's write them off. I'm down. I'm down to write let's them write off. Let's write them off. I'm down. Let's they're, not be scared. Right. Yeah, they're they're written off. Now on to the, the Packers. I'm ready to write them off too. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, sure. write them off. The the big thing for me with the Packers is put Aaron Rodgers under center and run the ball. Like they're trying to do this shotgun running attack without a dual threat quarterback. Yeah. And I think it's very difficult to have a effective running attack from the shotgun, unless your quarterback is talented enough to take the pitch a talent enough running runner to take the attention of one to two defenders on every snap. And so like the teams like, The Eagles and the Ravens. Yeah, you can run. You can have a dominant running attack from shotgun when you got those guys at quarterback. And with Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if he likes to be in the shotgun, but Matt LaFleur coming from the whole Shanahan thing, I would guess he'd prefer to have his quarterback under center and Mm -hmm. run the ball. And I think that's what they really need to do is. Once Devontae left, they have two great running backs. They all talked about how they're going to focus this offense around the running backs. I've never met a running back in my life that likes, that would prefer to run out of shotgun, maybe Edgerrin James. <laughs> and I, he probably didn't prefer it, but no one would rather run out of shotgun than in a deep dot in a single back, or even eye formation. Like I just do that and then build off of that. The thing that, I believe is like the crux of any good unit is you have one thing that you do really well. Like you get it. You got to establish that first and then everything else you build off of it. And they don't have the one thing that they do well. So when teams are coming in to plan for them, like it's, it doesn't feel like you can anticipate the plan. And if you can anticipate the plan, you can anticipate the response. And it does. It just seems like every week they're just like fishing. They're still hoping. They're still trying to figure out who they are. And, I, i'm not put your hand in the dirt run the ball guy but god they need to put their hand in the dirt <laughs> and just run the ball
1: yeah i mean they're, they're uh aj Dillon and aaron jones are their two best offensive players outside of rogers and they've done a good job of getting aaron jones the ball in the passing game because he's their best receiver um but i think we all had higher expectations for aj Dillon because he's a freak and it looked like if he was going to be an rb1 uh not to fantasy football it too much. Everyone was just like, wow, this guy's gonna be a pretty dominant goal line guy and you know, runner between the tackles. But what I think is interesting is the decline in Rogers statistically as a deep passer. Like we know he's risk averse, but we also know that LaFleur is trying to get him to draw uh, uh drive the ball down the field. And I have an insane stat for you from 538, which is okay. Of the 1,041 routes the Pack, uh, Packers pass catchers have run so far this year, only 35 were deep outs and deep ends. No team has run fewer deep outs, and zero—I'm going to say zero—Packers receivers have ran an out of 20 yards or deeper. And that is with Aaron Rodgers, the most accurate deep passer we have ever seen, with the quickest release and the best ball placement. That is insane. That is shows you alone the problem with the Packers offense. That Devontae Adams, I'm shocked, but he might have been worth four to six wins. They are so bereft of talent on the outside that it is completely hampering how Aaron Rodgers can play quarterback.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it, I guess the fall off too is from Devontae to these other guys is bigger than we and than we anticipated, right? That I mean it has to be. They don't look that terrible to me. You know, like I when I watch them individually, Dude, they routes. just lost to the commanders. I know. I'm saying that the the parts don't look that terrible is what I mean. So like the receivers, Romeo Dobbs. Yeah, I don't think it's bad. He's the
1: one who's going to make it. Yeah, he's
0: he's just Yeah, yeah, I don't think he's bad. But then you watch the games. The result is bad. And we're we're so quarterback focused. This defense really deserves more, more ridicule than than anybody else and I feel bad coming down on Jair Alexander because he's one of my favorite corners in the league right now and he played really well I thought in this game or well, he was in position <laughs> except McLaurin was just like taking the ball from him. it wasn't like he was getting lost in coverage he was well covered but this defense just is falling short week after week and I think that's part of the problem they're not buying them mm-hmm. the time the same way the Cowboys defense kind of bought their quarterback time and they did it for Dak again this week it's it's not just when they had um cooper rush out there they're just playing some really good defense and it buys time and allows the quarterback to make fewer plays in the course of the game so i don't know we're writing both of these team laws neither of them are winning the super bowl watch this be the nfc championship game and we'll be um embarrassed
1: I'm not just writing them off for this year. I have legitimate questions based on age and roster construction of how these teams are going to recover while Rodgers and Brady are still, you know, elite quarterbacks in theory. I say elite in, in quotations because we've just sort of roasted them. We know Rodgers just won two MVPs and nothing has really changed with his skill set. Um, but it's really hard to rebuild quickly with, you know, 38 and 45-year-old quarterbacks in the window. It might seem like it's forever. It's not.
0: It is not forever. I mean Brady may not even come back next year. We have no clue. Yeah, like I I I would assume that if things don't get better this is the last one, right? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I can't see him coming back for more of this.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll be the 49ers QB next year.
0: Yeah, maybe. Or uh yeah, I guess maybe not in Miami cuz he <laughs> that, that all got that all got ruined. <laughs>
2: to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash DF. Now
0: let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So you gave me some homework that I don't know Mm -hmm. that people know about. You wanted me to look into sauce gardener. He's outstanding, and I got I fell into a cornerback rabbit hole and just watched a lot of these young corners. Um, Patrick Sertain is in his second year. I think he's, I think he's probably better than Sauce is right now, but Sauce is better than Patrick was as a rookie. I think they're both really outstanding. And what I came away with Sauce Gardner being surprised and impressed by is he's a really tall, long armed guy who I would assume. Like when you see a guy like that and people say he's good at corner, what they're really saying is he's a great press corner. Normally those guys is that's where they uh, make their impact. Um, he's so much more than that. Uh, watching all of his plays and his, especially his best plays, they're in off coverage, they're in zone. And I think what I noticed about him, his athleticism for his size is pretty impressive but i think i could have predicted that what i was more surprised by i don't know the right word for it but like he's like his route sensitivity yes. like is he sometimes when you're playing off coverage and corner you're watching the quarterback you're watching the quarterback through the receiver so you want to keep them all in your vision the number two receiver, the number one receiver and the quarterback in your vision, but you're looking at the quarterback for a three-step drop before you did turn your focus somewhere else. He's looking at all these things and I see little hitches and sidesteps and tempo changes that are exactly mirroring what's happening in front of him while he's not looking at them. And that like level of sensitivity that he keeps himself in position no matter what, and anticipates things that it's just he's a very smart football player and when you see a guy built like that planet corner you think it's all about physical and he has the physical stuff but I just saw how smart he was and him being able to cover the back shoulder fade and the deep go is like an impossible thing to do that he does a number of the young corners do this well where they open their body when they're running with someone and The receiver is, like, full speed, head down, running straight. And he's, like, sidestep running so that he can get the back shoulder and run down and break it up. And he's able to do that, too. It's just this this body control and awareness to, like, the language. I, I noticed that, too, is when he's doing these deep runs and he's trying to prepare for the back shoulder or the deep one, is, like, he's reading the language of the receiver's body in a way that, like, I think a lot of these young kids in the league right now grew up watching football the way it was being played and and have finally adjusted. It's been like this long enough for them, those corners to make it to the league. I, I don't know if I'm explaining this as well as it makes sense in my head, but it felt like for so many years, every couple years, they were changing the rules on DBs and it was making it even harder yeah. and harder and harder. And we were trained to do a certain thing. And then all of a sudden, oh, you can't do this anymore. Oh, you can't do this anymore. And then they like develop the back shoulder phase. Like, oh, you can't even cover fade the way you used to anymore. All those things happened while sauce was playing pop Warner probably. And like Sertan and those guys, and they seem so comfortable with it. Me watching them play back shoulders and deep balls. Like when I was playing and there were corners who could do it, obviously, but by and large, most of us had to pick one. It's like, you know, like once he turns his body upfield, I was running deep and I would turn and run too. And all these young guys have all these abilities that just seem like it's because they're comfortable with it and they were born in it and they lived it and they learned it and they're not learning anything new. And it's just really impressive. Like this, his ability, the, the sensitivity I think is the word I'm going to walk away with that feels like it describes what he does. Like his particular super superpower is he is just mm-hmm. so sensitive to everything that's happening on the field and adjust to keep himself in the best position. It's really impressive for a young guy too, a rookie. Yeah, it's outstanding. I
1: got a couple follows, and the reason the reason Sauce popped out from for me, and I wanted to hear more from you. Obviously, there are think pieces being written about him, how he's already exceeded draft expectations, which is crazy for someone who was the fourth pick in the draft. Because to exceed those expectations is impressive. But the guys who normally jump out to me as a football fan are the guys you see on red zone, the guys who have the highlights. And that those guys aren't always the best corners. That's I know Travon Diggs is improving, but like a Travon Diggs, a Marcus Peters, someone who gets intersects interceptions, who takes things to the house, who has great turnover luck for a period. Those are the guys who usually get hyped. Sauce is jumping up because he seems to make every big play. And you saw that when the Jets beat the Broncos yesterday. He was guarding Cortland Sutton or KJ Hamler on every single play that seemed to be in the end zone. He was there and they had to interfere with him because he's so big. His feet are so good and he's so twitchy. They had to be the physical ones where he was almost playing receiver on the ball. It's really weird to see because this is a six, three cornerback. And the, the, the thing I would ask to push this down the road is how much does a guy like this, who seems to be really special, really unique, how much does that change a change of Jets defense? Because I know we think the team overall, when you have like Zach Wilson, fools gold right now. Their record, fools gold, but their defense with Robert Sala and someone like Sauce, maybe not.
0: Yeah, um, I forgot. Maybe it was five thirty eight, or might have been PFF a few years ago. Uh, one of these analytics companies tried to determine who the most valuable or what the most valuable position is on the team and after quarterback it was corner like having a shutdown corner impacts your defense more than any other position on the defense and I think it was also like any other position on the team maybe um like left tackle obviously a number one wide receiver up there but I'm sure it was the number one on defense so what that means for a player, if you can play man coverage, obviously it gives you so much more flexibility to lean a safety elsewhere. If you're in zone and you're able to like take away third down route combinations and eliminate a side of a field just to like, for um, conversation sake, to make it easier to talk about, like, yeah, that's, that's a huge deal that changes the game. And it changes, I guess this goes back to the point I was making earlier for the Packers is that, they don't do anything well. Or you don't know what they do to build off of. When you have a player like this at corner, that's what you do well. And you can build off of that. You know, if you need a guy to go take a receiver out, a number one receiver out, if he's good enough to take that receiver out, yes, that frees up the rest of your defense to do so many other things. Or even just like play them to a draw. <laughs> like you don't have to take them out altogether. They can make some plays here or there, but be good enough that I do not have to compromise my defense to protect you. That's so, so, so big, particularly in the modern era of football, where we talked about our theories. Was that last week or week before? Um, we talked about those theories and how important a number one receiver is to an offense. Like in this version of the NFL, I can't imagine how much relief you can have when you have a guy like that, that can you can put on Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, and he's not going to win every rep, but he's going to win enough reps that you don't have to, like, compromise everybody else and put yourself in in bad situations. There aren't plays on your play sheet that you just have to cross out altogether. Yeah, which right. It's the case for a lot of teams against some of these receivers. It's like, all right, we can't do that. (laughs) We just can't do that no matter the down and distance, the time of the game. We can't do that because this guy – can't be covered with anybody we have on the team. So yeah, I think it's it's hugely valuable because there's no other position, I think, on the field that could hurt you so much, you know. So, like if you have a yeah. weakness at defensive tackle, you could take a couple snaps where you aren't loading the box because worst case scenario, they get a 10-yard run, you know, or a five-yard right. run. Um, and the same is true for linebacker or even safety. It's like if your safety's mediocre, he's not giving up touchdowns. He's just like slow to run, replace or whatever. But a corner. Yeah, you can't you can't take a down off because if they see that they're going to attack it. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's 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 the, that's the value of somebody like sauce. And he's not the only one. There are a lot of really young corners in this league that um, are impressive. And for every year, if you want to talk about weaknesses on any team, you normally can site cornerback as one of those mm-hmm. it's it feels like it's becoming a strength of the league you know that having good corners I don't know if it's becoming a strength but it's mo- more than I can ever remember I don't I don't know I don't remember a time in the modern like past heavy era where there were this many corners young and old that I felt like were like good to great
1: and that's what I was gonna actually ask is like this we we talk about defenses catching up with offenses, and I this is the logical one, right? If you if you start having cornerbacks, you can play with the receivers with the new rules. You can play ten on ten, and that's got to be a complete game changer. Um, so I mean, impressive. I I, I got to spring a, a small pivot topic on you because I I thought about it when we were talking about Bucks and the Packers. I I want to ask you about the Cowboys really quick. Why aren't they the second best team in the in the NFC in our eyes? And why don't we like talk cuz I kind of think that they are right there with the Eagles when you actually look at it.
0: Who is the I mean I, I would have them as second best. Who has who people consider higher? The Vikings? I don't I don't know.
1: I just feel like it's people just I guess I guess it's not that's not the right question. Yeah. People think... look at the NFC as the Eagles as the only good team. But Dak Prescott's back and obviously they just beat a really collapsing uh Lions team at that, that part but you know they're 5 and 2. They have an think... awesome defense. And they have Dak back and their offense is going to be good.
0: It has to do with like confirmation bias and our prior opinions is we came to this season. I think most of us, myself included, thinking that the Cowboys weren't going to be any good. And it's taken some time for us to accept. And and the way that they've gone about this, they haven't beaten a bunch of big name teams. It hasn't been flashy and explosive. They've been squeaking by with a bad. Uh, quarterback and a great defense I think we're slow to appreciate that for um obvious reasons but I do think that's going to change quickly if I mean Dak didn't play great in his first game back if he starts to play at the top of his ability mm-hmm. then we could consider them up there with the Eagles uh yeah I don't see anybody else because and to be fair about it a lot of teams that we thought were going to be better are, are aren't good so I don't know how much we should be crediting the Cowboys for being great or be honest about this. If, if the uh, Packers were five and two or or Tampa was five and two, we definitely have them above the Cowboys. I I don't right now because they aren't, I guess it's a stupid way to frame it. But the point is, no, no, but we, it's our preconceived notions. I think that's holding us back from accepting the Cowboys and the fact that they haven't beaten a bunch of good teams.
1: Well, I agree. And I do think that will, I, I kind of think that's going to change over time. One, because the defense, I think we can all agree. That's beyond preconceived notions. That's a lot better than we thought that, you know, going to be. Um, gallops, gallops back. CD's out there. Dak is out there. It looks like Zeke's a little banged up. So we're going to finally see what it looks like to have a Tony Pollard led running game, which is what everyone's wanted to see for the last two years. Every football nerd has been like, put Pollard out there for more snaps. But let me read you their upcoming schedule they're five and two now they've got the Bears the Packers the Vikings the Giants the Colts the Texans the Jaguars up until they play the Eagles on Christmas Eve that's seven highly winnable games that I think they should be favored every single one on like what's the tipping point of this I'm not saying they're going to be 12 and two at that point but I'm also not not saying that I would not be shocked if they're 12 and two and Dak goes on this winning streak because this team is significantly better than all of those teams that they're going to play.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I think that I think we're at the tipping point. Um, The Bears, they're not going to get much credit for that. Who do you say they have after the Bears? Is it the Vikings? Packers, Packers, Packers,
1: Vikings, Giants,
0: Colts, Texans, Jaguars. It's the Vikings game. I'll say it's the Packers and the Vikings games. Those are the ones. Once they get past that, I think we're going to be talking about them and the Eagles, and those are only two teams in the NFC, I think. So that's if you wanted a tip, tipping point, if they could win those two games, well, I guess three in a row, three more in a row, right now, that that would do it because the Vikings are a legitimate team.
1: Isn't it crazy, though, that the Cowboys are the team that's underrated? After all of this, after a decade of them being overrated for being completely mediocre, sorry, not a decade, 25 years of
0: it, they're now the underrated team, the underrated and underappreciated team. That's them, and they deserve it. They've they've earned it. I love them. They're so much fun, and we have to give um, credit to McCarthy now, which is kind of weird. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI – Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800
2: GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for
0: details. Well, anyway, do you want to hit uh, our bets? Clean up our bets before, because I want to do some a little bit of Westbrook basketball yeah. stuff and maybe some Bryce Harper baseball. You'll you'll catch me up.
1: Well, we can clean up one bet now. We're taping this before Monday Night Football. I'm hoping we're going to win our our, our Bears Patriots under 40.5 bet, but. Chiefs minus three at the 49ers yeah. we annihilated that bet bounce back spot for Mahomes he was incredible in the second half to be fair though I actually thought the 49ers were pretty interesting in that game like McCaffrey had a had a pretty limited package and they were right in that uh game into the second half when Mahomes pulled away but yeah smart bet to always bet on Mahomes bouncing back
0: 10 and seven take that Jeff Saturday um about to be 11 and seven because there's no way the Bears and the and the Patriots go for 20 apiece. 21 apiece that's not happening three touchdowns for both of those squads i don't see it popping all right the westbrook thing i don't know there's much to say about it other than like i'm i'm into sympathy mode for both both wilson and westbrook now that i do not enjoy this his like late game collapse or sabotage against portland where he went for a two for one when they had the lead and it was like thirty seconds left, and he shot a wide open jumper that like then set up a big shot for Dame and uh, LeBron missed the fadeaway and it was over at that point. Right, that was pretty much the way the game ended. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like I don't know what else to say about it. It's sad. They need to they need to send him home, let him the go. Thing
1: that I'd say about Westbrook is we are now at one of the i i i don't want to talk as much about the personal stuff the basketball stuff is interesting to me because he's he is broken as a basketball player he seems mentally broken because not being able to make 13 foot shots when you are Russell Westbrook even for someone who has been a bad shooter for his entire career this is he's shooting 8% from 3 shooting 29% from the field he's broken by that by all those standards but the interesting tension that i see the lakers need to trade him or send him home now and in order to trade him, you have this limited window with LeBron and Davis. You need to get a package that can help you win and be a better team. But the tension is, one, are you going to completely give up your future when you know LeBron's going to leave in two years if he's not if he's not in championship contention? Two, is LeBron really someone who can carry you to a championship with a pretty good roster at this point? I'd say probably not. And three, the trade packages are... Buddy Heald, Miles Turner, Terry Rozier, and Gordon Hayward. What are you getting out of this? The best case scenario is you're giving up your future to be like a seven seed, a six seed. And that's like a really interesting tension because this is going to be bad, really bad if he's on this team moving forward.
0: Yeah, I hate it for him. Um, I think Durant had the comments a, a little while ago about how the the like ecosystem around athletes is toxic. And I think he's right to a degree. I think it's just um, there's it's just louder, you know, like everything's louder. If you want to find the positive stuff, that's louder, negative stuff, that's louder. But the negative stuff like is more fun, honestly, like as someone in this business, I be completely honest. It's like it's more fun to like roast somebody on Twitter than it is to be like, hey, you know what nuanced thing they did that was so cool. No. People are out here for these jokes, and it's a good time. But uh, so that becomes the main kind of storyline, particularly around players like like Russ and and players like I mean, even the great players like KD. Like it's just around him and and Harden and all that stuff. And like I'm not gonna like try to be holier than thou and act like I don't participate in it. I'm not firing off jokes and and having laughs, but like when an all time great like this is kind of career is floundering at the end, it starts to get a little less fu- or a lot less funny for me. And maybe I'm alone in this, but like, I, I am no longer enjoy like, I, I like everyone knew that the Westbrook to LA wasn't going to work. And I enjoyed being right about it. I'm no longer there. Well, I don't want to see the guy miserable, but I do. I do think it's a fascinating basketball
1: tension. That's yeah. the thing is like, and like,
0: uh, I don't think the basketball tension is fascinating anymore. We knew he wasn't going to work there. He still not. doesn't we, work We know there. the answer.
1: We know the answer. No, 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 no. We didn't know it was going to be this bad. And we didn't know it was going to get this much worse earlier this season. Like, this is a historically bad shooting team. And yeah, you could say, oh, he's the same guy he was when he was just stat padding in Washington. At the end. He, he's he's worse. He's worse. He's mentally broken. And that's the part that I, I, I think sucks because he was this defiant, incredible player that played a unique style that didn't count out like the analytics and that probably kept him from winning championships, but it was also what made him interesting and lovable. But the, the thing about this is it's not fun anymore when this guy stinks, but it only matters because he's playing with LeBron on a would be championship contender that the media knowing to the championship contender because that's the air you breathe with LeBron James. When you play with LeBron James, your standard is, can you help the team win a championship? And he knew that signing on. We've seen that time and time again.
3: Yeah,
0: it's a lot of pressure being there in LeBron. And it can also be really good for your career. But from one LeBron to another, that's uh, not even fair. It's not. I mean, I, I know that I know Bryce Harper was billed as like LeBron of basketball, but yeah. he's not even close. He's had a really good career. I don't know. I guess I'd like, I'm not like a heavy baseball guy. I'm aware yeah. of Bryce Harper. I, I'm in Washington that makes you like a little bit more aware of him. He was supposed to be Mr. Baseball personality and it never, I mean, he's playing really well He's two MVPs and they're playing well in the playoffs or he's playing well in the playoffs right now, but it never really felt like it panned out to be the stars because he's not as good as these other guys. This, or, is, like,
1: this is what I'm going to ask you. Okay. Uh. So as a pro, as I'm fascinated by the Bryce Harper thing right now. And I'm not going to, we're not going to bore our listeners, listeners with too much baseball, but the personality part of this is fascinating because you talked about the media ecosystem being toxic. If I asked you off the top, snap judgment, do you, did you find Bryce Harper likable in DC? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I think most people would say no. That ruined the game. Yeah, my yeah question. no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. I think, I,
0: I'm sorry. I, I ruined the game. Was Bryce Harper likable in DC? The answer is no. I, I, yeah, I'm a weirdo. I like those type of guys. Yeah, but, well, yeah, so, I think you're so right. The,
1: so the reason I wanted to bring this up is I was watching a Phillies. God, I get to do a, a an anonymous name drop. I was watching a Phillies Padres game a couple of days ago, and talking to a Major League front office person, and I was I actually was talking to him about Harper. Harper had just hit smoked a double to to left center field, um, and. He, he turns to me, he goes, the noise around Bryce Harper is complete bullshit He goes, he plays harder than everyone, all of his teammates like him and all of his controversies were from age 17 to 22, blowing a kiss at a pitcher, the clown question, bro, uh, getting choked by, by Jonathan Papelbon, who was just like a completely washed up crazy person. Uh, even the fight with, with Hunter Strickland, like all of those things, one, aren't exceptionally bad. And two were done when he was incredibly young. And what's interesting is this guy got drafted by Washington 1-1. He was a multi-time all-star. He won an MVP. He got hurt a couple times. That hampered his performance. But he almost got run out of town. Nats fans didn't want him in D.C. Uh, He went to Philly. People wrote him off as not being that good. He wins another MVP. He's having an all-time playoffs. He's hitting above 400. He's got five home runs. And Nobody is paying attention to the fact that he is actually living up to expectations and being that great. You Google any list of most hated major league players, and he's right at the top after the Astros guys who cheated. And it's crazy to me because all he did was not be Babe Ruth for people to hate him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think also like to tie to the LeBron thing, it's shocking that LeBron was like so well adjusted so early on. Yeah, What is much more reasonable is to kind of be an asshole at the beginning of your career after you're being told that you're the best thing to ever come to Major League Baseball. Like it's, yeah. it's kind of reasonable for Bryce Harper to do some like some annoying jerky things here or there. And we don't have any like I like to think I'm a better person this year than I was last year. I like to think that I keep maturing uh, yeah. and becoming a little bit better. And we don't give that to I think it's also because it's an entertainment property. And we need yeah. villains and we need heroes. And if somebody gives us something to grab onto to make them a villain, we're not going to let go of that. We want to root against somebody just as much as we want to root for somebody. That's what makes the stakes matter and makes it fun. Yeah, the
1: crazy thing. And, and this is just to put a bow on it. Like I, Harper is almost definitely going to be a first ballot Hall of Favor. And he's almost definitely going to be viewed by a lot of people as a disappointment. And I, I think if you kick this back to the LeBron of it, what like, imagine LeBron had this career merely a first ballot hall of fame or not one of the two best basketball players of all time we would have roasted him that's insane a prodigy, a prodigy essentially living up to the hype of being a hall of fame caliber player
0: so I know you like to mock me about carrying no. Kevin Durant, Durant's water, but Kevin's right. This shit is toxic. <laughs> like yeah. It is. It is kind of toxic. We should accept it and try to uh, be on the right side of this. But um, OK, so go ahead and say Kevin Durant is one of the best basketball players ever. And then we can oh, yeah. become a pro Bryce Harper podcast also.
1: Easily one of the top 15 guys to ever play basketball. That's the line I'll put him at.
0: 15. Yeah. Is right around 15. We don't got time. We'll save this this argument for Thursday. How has Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. All right. Everybody's favorite Foxworth is back for Roses and Thorns. You are everyone's favorite. Stop.
3: That's not even true. true. Your mom is everyone's favorite Foxworth, to be clear. You got to bring her on here one day. No, I'm definitely Um, not doing that. Hey, bud. Hey, buddy. Oh my god, that could be amazing. Let's just have a family podcast, like.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, your family, I think, is. Um, actually, I was gonna say your family's more interesting, but no. my family's definitely more entertaining. Between my brother and my mother, yeah, They were. Yep. Yep.
3: His mother is everyone. I promise she's you, not. go on vacation with her. You just start with getting free drinks. No, that's true. Like, oh, we did so and so's daughter-in-law, she's just a, uh, she's amazing. Anyway, hey, hey Bud, how was your weekend? Um,
0: it was outstanding. We had a good time.
3: Outstanding. Yeah. Yes, I we had to free time, which was nice. You did yeah, too much. I did you too much.
0: did. Yeah, we went to homecoming this weekend,
3: and we're still in in colors. We're still like accidentally spirited.
0: I wore the Maryland shirt just because I knew Aww. you would appreciate it.
3: Yes, I love Marilyn. We both went there, but he is older than me, of course, only by a year. But you know. <laughs>
0: very very old yeah homecoming was was a thing it was fun for the first few minutes and then i was over it but you were,
3: you were. it's a
0: lot of people and they be talking and making noise and drinking and stuff and it just just chill out a little bit let's cool it everybody get their personal space time out let's take a time out for everybody to go to just be with their own thoughts for a second
3: You know what? I will get right into roses and thorns um, because that relates. My first rose for you is that you did a really good job socializing Friday evening. So like one of his teammates with whom he's really close, of uh, his former teammates, excuse me, at Maryland Dequel, Um, He's really close to him. And he had like a get-together for former players at his house. And Dominique had a guy's dinner with another group of guys. So he had two social activities in one night. Like two in a week would be a lot for Dominique, right? But two in one night was like unheard of. And he, I could tell, had a little, I don't say anxiety, but he was like, all right, got to get my mind right, got to do this, going into it. But he did it. And guess what? He even had fun. He was acting like, I'm not I just got to do it. I have to like he so I'm an extrovert. Like you did, I did right?
0: Have fun. The food was good, too. Yeah.
3: Oh, the food was good? Oh, no, yeah, I mean, at the restaurant. To, yeah, the yeah. food at
0: the restaurant was good. And yeah. um, I enjoyed seeing like my old teammates. And I even initiated a group picture before I left. Oh. I didn't do nothing with the picture, but I was like, hey, let's take a picture, guys. And we took it. It was fun. Got some good laughs and made fun of each other, you know.
3: Well, yes, I'm proud of you for doing that and being Social Friday. But then the opposite side of that is so I only through what have we married right now for twelve years, I would say maybe only about seven years ago <laughs> did I really start to like get like, what being an introvert versus an extrovert meant like in like practically speaking like in our lives and how like you need your recharging time he did not have enough recharging time friday night to saturday morning and then saturday um early or not early morning early afternoon excuse me we have to leave to go to homecoming and we don't have to but that was our plan and we did and we got rid of our children so it was just the two of us but so it was the two of us and i was like yes like making what do they call them roadies like like cocktails to go for the uber i'm ready to have fun it's just us adults seeing our our friends from a long time ago but he was maxed out on his weekend socializing he got there he tried to smile for a hot second and then i found him in a corner
0: yeah it was fine i wasn't bothering anybody wasn't ruining anybody's good time i just wanted to go to a corner and chill out and watch the game and recharge so yeah i mean it's it's a thorn i guess i'll take it but i
3: no, but that's the thing. It's not really a thorn. Like, that's just who you are versus who I am. And only recently have I come to understand it. And again, I think we talked before on here about, like, how you have resting bee face, which I don't curse, you know. Um, I've been noticing, like, you've been, like, making progress with that. Like, you try to smile and look more, like, inviting. But you were just like, no, like, I need recharge time. Like, you were maxed out. Um, And so... I I put that under the more category. I'll take it. it's just who you are. No, no, it's just who you are, and we're different, and I think it works well. I don't think I would be married (laughs) to someone like me. Like, (laughs) that would be awful.
0: I imagine (laughs) being married to somebody like me would be hard for me also, but that's why we make it work. But the, the shock of the weekend, for me at least, was our youngest, we've talked about all three of our kids before on here, our youngest Emerson is, I'd say, probably... Well, I mean, you don't need to compare them, but she's a really good athlete. Like she's really strong um, and she's like coordinated and quick and stuff, but she doesn't really care about sports. So I've gone to all of her soccer games and because of COVID, we haven't really had a chance to do much like organized sports. This is kind of her first real organized sports season and um, her older siblings are into their little sports and they're both pretty good on their teams. And she has always been the one who just doesn't care and like does cartwheels.
3: Always is in this week, like this, this year. I'm sorry. This is like her right. sixth game. So, I mean, well, I mean, it stands out wrong. amongst the other
0: kids. It's like, there's some kids of all. The,
3: she's also only in first right. grade
0: of all the kids on there. Like they, the kids. Oh
3: yeah. On her team. Okay. Yeah. All the
0: kids on her team, they like care. And she's like, I don't care. She's out there having fun, which is fine. But it's, it's tough to go watch that after you watch the other kids, like do their best and, and really try hard. And then this happens. So. She's never scored a goal. She's never even shot. She just, like, runs really fast and then does cartwheels off one hand and just watches and whatever. So we don't go to this game. First game we've missed.
3: Because we're at homecoming with my roadies. I'm trying to have some fun. Woo-hoo! Go Turks!
0: She scored two goals. And, like, I I don't even know what that would look like. Like, I, I can't even imagine it. I can't even imagine her, like, She'll kick the ball really hard and then just like run off to the side and not really and care cartwheel. where it goes and do a wheel. And I just can't imagine her sticking with the ball or the game for long enough to score the goals. I wish this was recorded, but now I feel like I shouldn't go to any more games. Maybe we're bad luck chance, or she's just too interested in looking over at us or anything. But it was a shocking development this weekend. two goals for the baby.
3: I think that you put too much pressure on her when you tell her to stop doing cart. When you tell her to stop doing cartwheels during the game, I think that it stresses her out and that she's not able to focus on scoring. It
0: stresses her out so much that she does more cartwheels.
3: Yeah. Last (laughs) Saturday, I wasn't at her game either, but he was. So now I've missed two in a row. Call me what you want.
0: Do we have time for roses and thorns or you want to shut it down?
3: Okay. yes. I'll just I'll just rattle a few out. You know, I, honestly, other than how you got real antisocial at homecoming, like, and that's just us being different. You're an introvert. I'm an extrovert. Like, I could go out Friday and still be social Saturday. He went out Friday and did a good job. He was zapped by Saturday. But anyway, so that is a thorn that you, but I get it. It's like a thorn with an asterisk. It's like, yeah, you're an introvert. That's just you, and that's fine. But I have a lot of
0: roses. Ooh, I had
3: some of my friends over for brunch yesterday and, or on Sunday, excuse me, and I picked up farmer's market flowers, but then I had to, like, go shopping and to cook or whatever. And so I just dropped him off. He made his most beautiful floral arrangements for brunch. He is a man of many talents. Um- he was really social and had a good time Friday. You don't, I think, give yourself enough opportunities to like have good times off of Xbox with your friends. So I really do count that as a rose that you went out with like different groups of guy friends. Cause I think friendship is so important and like having people to talk to besides me. me even though obviously you love talking to me. And then the final I'm working one working on friends. The final one in this one might be the most valuable, even though it shows that I'm like a ridiculous person or value the wrong things. I post pictures on Instagram all the time and I go on Instagram. And I see Dominique likes other people's posts, but he never likes my posts. Like, why does it? Like, he had to have seen it. It'll be like me and his children or me or me and him. I get not liking on him because I might seem like, oh, I like me. Although I would like pictures that he posted of me with no problem. Like he, liked, he liked a selfie that I posted. And it was maybe the first time yeah, maybe. he's ever maybe. liked it. And I posted it in the story like, oh, my God, look who liked my picture. With the music First Time in Forever, Elsa and Anna, or Elsa or Anna, I don't know, Frozen. But then I also thought I could do Lizzo's About Damn Time. I really love giving my IG story soundtracks. Yeah. Um, And so it was About Damn Time that you liked a picture. It was the first time in forever that you liked one. And I'm just grateful for that. Thank you you're for you're liking welcome. me both in person and on Instagram. It feels like,
0: stupid. It's time. the reason why I don't like things of yours on Instagram. It feels like... I- uh, that one year to
3: so stupid to like things your wife yeah has.
0: it is it's like instagram is not for me instagram is for other people i live with you and we're together like you don't if you want to show me a picture but if you see it you want to show me a picture lean over and show me a picture those posts are not for I me. i do that too. exactly I and do i that tell you too. those are nice pictures. If- so like that's my reason i just feel like a- on instagram like oh like that i know what you look like my wife
3: but don't you feel like more of an when you skip over my no, picture and you're liking random other people because and you can't like your if, own wipes
0: if you want if you wanted me to see a picture you could show it to me putting it on instagram i know no and i do
3: have no the time you're right next to me when I'm taking exactly. these pictures, or you're in the pictures, or you were the photographer. But it's like you purposely skip over them. right Like, like no, you're like, Oh, I like the picture before this that my co-worker posted. That was for me. Oh, there's Ashley. Let me scroll not past it. Me. No, it wasn't. That wasn't for you either. That was not for you either.
0: It was, it's for people who follow them.
3: Keep going. I like the yeah, and you follow me. And I'm not suggesting that you stop because then I would be extra offended. But I just don't understand. Like, and I don't care, like, like I'm not out here trying to like have a big public instagram account and have a bunch of followers but i really felt like when you liked that picture i was like wow like he liked my picture like it felt amazing so like i'm not doing it for a million other people like it's more just like my personal photo album right but i don't get why you have to skip over the pictures like it just seems so petty of you all
0: right Uh, you know
3: what that rose turned into the thorn i like it
0: keep keep that thorn it's what makes me interesting all right i love you so much um Thank you.
3: I love you, too. And I wish you weren't so petty.
0: <laughs> I wish I wasn't either, but I can't do nothing about that.
3: Well, you could just like my pictures and then I'll stop calling you petty. Goodbye.
0: I mean, maybe it's petty to be annoyed by someone not liking your pictures. No, no, no. Wrong, like wrong, 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 to wrong, to wrong, 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 about. wrong, 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 wrong,
3: wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. wrong.
0: Oh, you're so mature. I love you. All right. We love you, Bryce. Thank you, Charlie, for showing up sarah Adi, christina you're all the best bye listen to the debatable podcast it's great subscribe rate review there you go after you rate review this one this is the dominique foxworth show